There is, therefore now, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yay! (laughs) I'll go ahead and sit down. (laughs) Uh, Romans chapter 8. I just want to read through this again. Romans 8, starting in verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For the law has done... For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. I just have to review, right? That there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For you who are in Christ Jesus... There's no condemnation. And we we wrestle with that, and we wrestled with that two weeks ago, and we wrestled with that last week, that uh, how can it be that even though I had sin, there was all the sin in my life, that now I have no condemnation for any of that sin? And how can it be that even though there are times when I slip up and continue to sin, that there is no condemnation for us? And we, we looked at this and said it is because... Verse 3, he condemned sin in the flesh. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. He already condemned the sin in Jesus on our behalf, and so therefore he cannot, will not, condemn us now, because Jesus has been condemned on our behalf. This is in order that, verse 4, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. So we have been made righteous by Jesus' work, and he has received our condemnation, so there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I I know that we have wrestled with that, and we we said, okay, really, not even a little bit of condemnation? There's a, a small amount. Sometimes there's condemnation, and sometimes there's not, and we said, no, there is No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And when we get to this point, right, where it says who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit, I, I hear people go, aha, I knew it. That's the caveat. That's the caveat. I knew, I knew that uh, it wasn't just for anybody who was in Christ Jesus, but for those who were in Christ Jesus and, and this is important, walk according to the Spirit. Right? Those who are in Christ Jesus who don't walk according to the Spirit, they still are condemned. I knew it. And, and um, no. No. For those who are in Christ Jesus, there is therefore now no 
condemnation. This is not a qualifier saying that of those who are in Christ Jesus, this subset which are walking according to the Spirit don't have condemnation. What it's saying is that those who are in Christ Jesus have no condemnation and walk according to the Spirit. It's a categorical thing. It's a description of those who are in that category. The totality of that category who are in Christ also walk according to the Spirit. I I like to read it this way. This is not a great translation from the Greek. It just helps me. In order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us, who now walk according, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So in the same way we had in verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation, right? And what did we say that now was? That temporal conditional word. The now was in Christ Jesus. Right? Not, not a, a specific point in time, but for those who are in Christ Jesus. That, that now, who, so for, in verse 4, who now walk not according to the flesh, but according to, that, according to the Spirit, is that same idea that those who are in Christ don't walk according to the flesh anymore. They walk according to the Spirit. It's two different realms. It's two different ways of being. It's two completely different things. Those who are not regenerate, those who do not have spiritual life because they are not in Christ Jesus, and those who do have spiritual life because they are in Christ Jesus, they are two completely different kinds of people. And this is a description of them. That they walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according, this is verse 5, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. This is, have you ever heard somebody say, um, be present where you are? Be present where you are. In, in other words, don't be distracted thinking about something that's different than where you are. This happens most of the time, in fact. You don't need somebody to tell you that. When you go to work, you're thinking about work. The stuff that happens at home, all the bills that need to be paid, the, the uh, projects that need to be done, for the most part, you forget about those because this is work and I have to do this work stuff now. We only can really focus on the one thing at a time. And so when we're focused on the, the things that surround us, then it's hard to think about the other things. This is true the other way around, too. When we are at home, it's hard to think about the things that are over there. Right? Teresa and I have, have talked about this. When we, are, we need to be in vacation mode, we cannot stay home. We can't stay home. Maybe some of you are really great at vacationing at home because your home is already perfect. And so you can rest in your perfect home and find that to be restful. When we try to vacation in our home, what we find is that our house drives us crazy. Because all of those little projects that we keep saying that we're going to get to, but we never have time to actually get to them, and all of the clutter that we say that we're going to pick up, but we don't actually have time to pick it up, that now when we are on vacation and we're supposed to be resting, we suddenly have time that we didn't have before. 
And there are all of those things lying around us waiting for us to uh, do those projects. And so we have to go someplace else because when we're someplace else, we're not thinking about the things of home. When we are away on vacation, we are no longer thinking about the things at home. But when we are at home, we are not away thinking about the things of vacation. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Those who are in the Spirit then set their minds, have their minds on something different. You think about different kinds of things. You also think about things differently. That's, that's two different statements. You think about different things, right? You begin to care about what the Bible says. When you are in the Spirit, you begin to say, I care about what God says to me. And you open up God's Word and you read it and say, this is what God's trying to say to me. You spend time meditating on His Word, thinking about who He is. Thinking about the kinds of things that God would like for you to be doing. Praising Him, spending time in prayer with Him. You begin to think about different things when you are in the Spirit than when you are in the flesh. When you are in the flesh, and you don't know who God is and don't care who God is, you don't spend much time reading the Bible to find out who God is. You don't spend time worshiping Him. You don't spend time praying to Him. You don't spend time doing those things because you are living in the flesh and not in the Spirit. But also to set your minds on the things of the Spirit is to set your, to experience the same kinds of things. The, those who are in the flesh and those who are in the Spirit are experiencing many of the same kinds of things. They both have to get up and go to work every day. They both have to take care of households. They, they're both in relationships, have friendships. Maybe they're married. Maybe they're, they're not married. Maybe they, they have friends that are really close. Maybe they're alone. Maybe they're uh, having financial success or financial difficulty. Maybe they're extremely active and healthy, and maybe they are not. And they're struggling because of some sort of physical issue that's happening right now. Both, both those in the flesh and those in the spirit experience all these things that we experience in life, but they think about them very differently. Those who are in the flesh... Think about them from a fleshly perspective. This is difficult. I don't want this to be difficult anymore. This is hard. I want it to go away. How can I possibly, in my flesh, make this stop? Or, woohoo, life is great. I love this. I feel great about this. My flesh feels wonderful right now. How can I continue to stay in this place of wondrousness? Whereas the, the person who is living in the Spirit is thinking about things in a very different way. This is hard. I don't like this. And I don't enjoy this. God, would you... Show me how to enjoy you in the midst of this. God, teach me how to suffer well. Teach me how to glorify you in the midst of the suffering. 
Teach me how to have hope when from a fleshly perspective I would have none. Teach me how to share hope with others who are in a position similar to mine. And when you find yourself in a place of of joy, we go, God, this is wonderful. Thank you for your blessings to me. Thank you for your faithfulness, for your rich love. Lord, help me to be a blessing to others. Our minds are in completely different places when we're living in the flesh versus when we're living in the spirit. It's just radically different. In the, the song that we sang, can, can I make a special request? We, we had sang that song, uh, Jesus is Better, and it, it said, in the suffering, Jesus is better, in the victory. Can you put that slide back up? Okay. <laughs> that was fast. In all my sorrows, Jesus is better. Lord, make my heart believe that. In every victory, Jesus is better. Lord, make my heart believe that. Then any comfort, Jesus is better. Make my heart believe. More than all riches, Jesus is better. Make my heart believe. This is a song that we already sang. You already sang it, proclaiming this truth. I hope singing it with gusto. But, but this is, this is the very thing that we're talking about, that when you're living in the flesh, this is the kind of thing that maybe our flesh is struggling a little bit against our spirit, but we know, Lord, this is true. Jesus is better than whatever it is I'm experiencing as a high or experiencing as a low. Jesus is better than that, and so help me remember that and be refreshed in that. Because you see, as it says, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. This is not something that we are being commanded to do. It is something that describes who we are. Isn't that weird? You're not being told, okay, because you are in Jesus, set your minds really hard. We're, we're being told, this, this describes the state of who we are. And, and you'll notice that there's no middle ground here. There's no in the middle place. Where somebody goes, you know, I'm not really sure if I'm this side or that side. You're either over here, or you're over there. Those are your choices. Watch my thank you. Wow, I was not expecting that. (laughs) Fortunately for you, I'm living in the spirit and the flesh is not important to me right now. (laughs) Though I may be a little derailed. So to be spiritually minded is the great distinguisher between the two. This is how we distinguish between the two. Are you in Christ? Are you in the flesh? The way that you can distinguish that is what's your mind set on? What's your mind set on? Your experiences are going to be radically similar, amazingly similar, but what's your mindset in those experiences? That's going to be very different. So where's, where's your mindset? That's, 
That's how you can see the difference. It's just describing the two things, the, the two different categories. Verse 6. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. When your mind is set on the flesh, the direction that you're headed is toward death. That's the direction that it's going. It doesn't always feel like that. Sometimes your mind is set on the flesh and you are working really hard for uh, life and prosperity, but the reality is that in the flesh, it's headed to death. That's the direction that it's going. Whereas, alternatively, to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. That's the direction that you're headed. Not a subjective, I feel really alive today and very at peace. But an objective, this is the truth for you, the direction that you are headed is toward life and peace. You have life in Christ and peace with God. That is a description of your reality when you are in Christ. Whether or not you're feeling it right now, that's a description of your reality. And you're setting your mind on that is anticipating the full fulfillment of that. It's two completely different categories. What I find is when we start talking about these kinds of things, people are trying to find this dividing line between the two. As though somehow it is the setting of your mind on the one thing or on the other thing that is determining where your state is rather than your state determining your mindset. And so they're trying to find this dividing line like how much of the time or how much of myself needs to have my mind set on spiritual things so that I'm on the spiritual side of the line rather than on the fleshly side of the line. Or how much of my time and energy and focus would have to be set on fleshly things before I would accidentally cross over to the fleshly side and then be, you know, in the flesh instead of in the spirit. And that this is not, there's not a line. The, the point is not to identify the line so that you can stay on the spiritual side of it. It is to describe to you these two different categories to help you that Understand that your mindset is over here, it's not over there. Because you're headed in the direction of life and peace rather than the direction of sin and death. For the mind that is on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. This is verse 7. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. It does not submit to God's law. Uh, Jesus was describing God's law. Some people came to him in Matthew chapter 22. And it says in Matthew chapter 22, verse 34, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, so the Sadducees came to Jesus and asked him some tricky questions, and Jesus totally shut them down. And the Pharisees heard about that and went, Oh, well, we've got some questions for Jesus of our own. And so the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, and they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher... Which is the great commandment of the law? What's the most important commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, 
You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On the on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. All of the law and the prophets depend on these two things. Love the Lord your God with everything you've got and love other people like you love yourself. Those two things, the whole law depends on that. And what verse 7 of Romans chapter 8 tells us is, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. The, the people who are set in the flesh and have not be, been regenerated by the work of Jesus in their lives are set against God and cannot fulfill this law. They can't. That's why their, their mindset on the flesh is heading them toward death. It's because they can't. They can't fulfill God's law. And some people might stop and go, hey, well, you know, they might be able to do part of it. That, couldn't, they, couldn't they do part of it? Some of his law? Well, n- no. What are, what are the, the two big commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. With everything that you've got, love God. How are they going to do that if they're focused on the flesh? We haven't even gotten to commandment number two yet. Already they failed. It takes the work of God within us through his grace to regenerate us, to give us a spiritual life, because before we were in Christ, we were already condemned. We stood condemned before him. But after the work of Christ was done in us, now we have the Spirit at work in us, and now we live in the Spirit with our minds set on the Spirit. So there's no condemnation for us. But the mind that's set on the flesh is is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Verse 8 says, Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Maybe, could they just a little? What what if they do something really nice? What if they do something really good? Couldn't that please God? No. No. Because the the mind set on the flesh is set against God and is hostile to God. As I was trying to think of an example of this and or an illustration of this, and how how could I how could I uh, make clear that somebody who is in the flesh cannot please God, even when it seems like I mean there are some really good people out there. Seriously. Way nicer, way more generous than me. Friendlier, more hospitable. Really, really decent people. How come they don't please God? And, and I, the, the, only, the best I could come up with was that if I came to you and I said, I hate you, I want nothing to do with you. 
and your kid is stupid, and I want to kill him. Oh, but I like your dog. I gave him a treat yesterday. Would you be pleased that they thought your dog was cute and fed him a biscuit yesterday? You'd just be thrilled with that. No. You wouldn't be pleased with that. Because they hate you, they want nothing to do with you, and they want to kill your kid. The person who is hostile to God, hates God, wants nothing to do with him, and sacrificed his son. I want nothing to do with that. I just want to be a decent person and let God leave me alone. And if there is a God, then probably the stuff that I've done is good enough that he should accept me. It's not how it works. But that, that's the, the way that it's articulated by the agnostics and the deists. You know, God is... I'm sure that uh, God would let me into heaven. Why would he? Well, because I'm, I'm mostly a good person. So you're mostly... So because you've done sometimes good stuff that was nice to people and you feel like you haven't done that much bad stuff, then God should let you into heaven. Yeah. I don't think God would punish me, because right, I've, I've led a pretty decent life. If you turn to Galatians chapter 5, we get a description of this. It, it, it helps put things a little bit more concretely. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. This is uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Now, let me, let me just say, that's quite a list. And when you're talking with somebody who says, I think I'm basically a good person, what they're saying actually is, I don't steal from people, I haven't hurt anyone, I haven't murdered anyone. Those aren't on the list. These things don't count. I don't think God would care about my sexuality. Yep, sexual immorality, first thing on the list. Impurity. I don't think God really cares whether or not I'm perfectly pure. Second thing on the list, it's right there. Sensuality. Really? That's important? Yeah. Idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions. But come on, I mean, those things just happen. There are other people out there. Conflict is going to happen. We're going to have dissension. We're going to have division. Yeah, that's the stuff of the flesh. 
That's the stuff of the flesh. When that stuff works its way into people who are in the church, this is a travesty. This is terrible. Because those are things of the flesh that they shouldn't be popping up in the church. We shouldn't be having divisions. We shouldn't be having dissensions. We shouldn't be having uh, quarrels and fights and all kinds of things in the church. These things just shouldn't be here. Envy, drunkenness, orgies, things like that. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. They will not. Their mind is set on the things of flesh. And the things of flesh lead to death. But the things of the Spirit, when you are in Christ and your mind is set on the things of the Spirit, it anticipates life and peace. Those who belong to Jesus, oh, sorry, I skipped a verse. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. N- nobody would make a law against these kinds of things. That'd be ridiculous. Don't be peaceful. Don't love people. No, nobody would say that. These are the things of the Spirit. Now, are there times at which someone who is in the flesh will display those kinds of characteristics? Yup. But by and large, they are in the flesh and they are still headed toward death. Are there times at which someone who is in the spirit might display evidence of flesh? Yeah, there's struggles there. But by and large, their mindset is on the spirit. And it results in life and peace. You'll you'll see this because the responses will be completely different. The response of the person who's in the flesh but demonstrates some joy and love and peace and patience and those kinds of things, there will be pride associated with that. They will feel pretty good about themselves that look at these great characteristics that they have displayed. And somebody who is in the Spirit, when they display things that are of the flesh, they will be mortified and repentant. When they realize I have been displaying those kinds of characteristics. Because they are completely different categories of people. They respond completely differently. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So when we go back. When we go back. To Romans chapter 8. He has condemned sin in the flesh so that there is no, con- no longer any condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Verse 4, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. 
And so this morning I want to ask you, which category are you in? Which category are you in? I recognize that there are a spectrum of people within each category, but which category are you in? Are you in Christ? With a trajectory toward life and peace and working to have your mind set on spiritual things more and more? Or are you in the flesh headed toward death? Mind set on fleshly things, struggling with everything from a fleshly perspective. And for those of you who are in Christ and have a spiritual mindset, may I encourage you that there is therefore now no condemnation for you. Whatever has been in the past, whatever you're struggling with currently, there is no condemnation for you. And so keep your mind fixed on where you're going. Because you have spiritual life and peace with God and that is where it will be. And by God's grace, you will be seeing that more and more. Whatever the struggles that you're going through, whatever sins you struggle with, whatever whatever physical challenges you're dealing with or financial challenges, whatever the circumstances are, that is where you are going toward life and peace. And so keep your mind fixed on Christ. And if you are in the other category, that in the category of flesh, and you currently find yourself at odds with God, may I say that there is hope for you? That there is hope that you could believe that Jesus is your Savior and has been condemned on your behalf and you can move categories so that whatever the circumstances are, you can have a different mindset. One that reflects love and peace and joy and hope. And if you'd like to talk with me about that uh, this week or after the service, I would love to do that. You can fill out one of the connection cards and drop it by the sound booth on your way out. Just say, I have a pastor contact me. I'd love to talk with you more about that. But right now, let's turn our attention back to Christ and worship him. That he has redeemed us, forgiven us, extended his grace toward us so that we know that our future is life and peace. And right now, in the midst of whatever circumstances, our minds can be set that way. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we praise you that you have loved us so much that you sent your son to die on the cross for our sin. And Lord, there are times that we uh, struggle with these things. But we recognize that uh, for those of us who are in Christ Jesus, there is now no condemnation. And so I pray that those who are here this morning who believe that, that they would feel that which is true for them. Lord, I know that the reality for them is that they are already free. That they already have peace with you that they already can anticipate a joy of being in your presence. And so, Father, I pray that uh, their subjective feelings would be in alignment with their objective spiritual reality. And, Father, I pray for those who are here today who are struggling with this, 
because they are currently lined up against you? Father, I pray that you would extend your grace toward them. That you would touch their heart. That they can repent of their sin and turn to you. And have no more condemnation. And Lord, these things we ask in your name as we give you praise and glory. Amen.